of polls that show that. You want a poll to serve as a political advisor of sorts? We got that poll too. Look, polls can be useful. They can be informative and educational, but let's face it. Polls cannot tell us in December of 2023 who will win an election in November of 2024. Don't believe me? Just ask Hillary Clinton. As Vanity Fair's Molly Jong Fast puts it, let's stop treating polls as actual news events. Joining me now is Molly Jong Fast, a special correspondent for Vanity Fair and the host of the Fast Politics podcast. I mean, Molly, my first question out of the gate, based upon everything that we know, should we just do away with polls altogether then? I mean, what's the utility in having them? Well, so polls are good for seeing a pattern, right? And they're good for watching a trajectory. So if someone is polling really well in Wisconsin and then they're polling less well, okay, you could see that that's useful. But the reality is national polls have almost no use because we don't elect a president that way, right? We elect with an electoral college. So national polls, I would just throw out because who cares? Winning the popular vote is meaningless in this country. So then my question is, how do we as journalists, how do we in the media use a poll then if you're telling me it's not a predictor of what's going to happen and it's and even unless it's kind of in our backyard, right. it may not actually have any significance right. there. Well, so I think the way to think of it is this. There's a guy called Daniel Bornstein who wrote the Bornstein who wrote this book in 1962. He was sort of the first to sort of look at PR as a kind of 
public relations is almost a crisis. And he came up with this idea of pseudo events, right? So pseudo events are events that are created for news coverage, Hmm. like a press conference. Okay. So you look at a poll like a press conference. So people don't take press conferences largely as breaking news, right? Well, uh, Congress has press conferences all the time. Sometimes they're covered. Sometimes they're covered on C-SPAN. They are just data points. But they're data points with uh, where a politician has tried to show you what they want to show you. And that's what I think we should take polls as, right? They are some, there can be useful information in them, but they should not drive the news cycle. And one of the things that's really destructive is you see a lot of opinion pieces written off polls as a news peg. So, for example, when I was working on this piece, there were like three pieces on the Washington Post site that were written with polling as fact. So, for example, the border comes back to bite Democrats because it's on it's based on a polling. So it's based on the supposition that the border is somehow a problem for Democrats because of a poll. And that in itself is not it's just it's sort of an unnatural bit of news that may or may not be true, but then it shapes a narrative. There are two things that if you took Mike Johnson's totally core beliefs easy in the top five, or two things. One is young earthism, right? Young earthism says the theory of evolution is crazy and the earth is 6,000 years old and men walk with dinosaurs and God breathed life into man and Adam came from I don't know, Eve came from Adam's rib or something like that. I can't, it's too insane to even think of. We've gone through this election, we've done a little like geographic, cultural take on Louisiana and Mike Johnson's influences. Sometimes you, you look at a politician or you look at Kevin McCarthy and say, that guy's pliable, he's just like a bowl of jello. Or McConnell, he'll do anything he can to stay in power. When you look, at these Christian nationalists, and you look at Mike Johnson, or you look at people I talked about, Woody Jenkins, Tony Perkins, the, the influences in his life, you have to understand something. These people are committed. They believe this shit. They believe it in their bones. And what they'll do, if you meet them, they're very polite, but they Want, they want a theocracy. Johnson has already said he doesn't believe in democracy. Uh, and they do these covenant eyes where he spies on his kid and the kid. That's what they want. They, they, they want to spy on you. And they believe it. They, they really do. And it, would, it is a mistake to look at them and, and think that they're just phony baloney, full of say anything politicians. No. They're committed to this, and they think they're right, and to take them as anything else is a giant mistake. And so that's the purpose of this lecture. This guy was formed into being what he is, and he is an avowed anti-democratic theocrat. And if you want to know what they think, and they're all evangelicals. Let me refer you to a document, I think it was from the 1870s, put out by the Catholic Church called The Syllabus of Errors, which might be the most profoundly stupid document in the last 200 years. And they believe 
what you will read in the syllabus of errors. There may not be papist, but they think democracy is a sign of weakness. They think that theocracy is the way we should go and we should be run by people. And they're, they're, they're very upfront about it. And the biggest mistake that you can make is think that they're full of because they don't think they are. And they'll be nice to you, they'll smile with fellowship, but these are really, really fanatical people who want to get into every aspect of your freaking life. Trust me, right. Uh, Mike Johnson, he's Ooh. from your home state of Louisiana, oh, the Speaker of the House. I read today, he wrote a foreword in a book right. that describes to conspiracy theories and homophobic insults. I thought, Mike, Mike Johnson wrote the foreword to the Bible? Uh, do you think Mike Johnson can hold his party together now that he has taken the mantle? Well, first of all, I don't think he can hold his party together. Second of all, you're exactly right. Mike Johnson and what he believes is one of the greatest threats we have today to the United States. When I, I, I promise you, I know these people. Well, you're talking about Christian nationalism. That's absolutely. This is a bigger <clears throat> threat than al-Qaeda to this country. They, and let me tell you something. They have Speaker of the House. They got probably at least two Supreme Court justices, maybe more. Right? Don't kid yourself. And, and people in the press have no idea who this guy is, how he was formed, what the threat is. And this is a fundamental threat to the United States, it is a fundamental, they don't believe in the Constitution, they'll tell you that. Mike Johnson himself says, what is democracy but, but two wolves and a lamb having lunch? That's what they really, really, really believe. And to say, oh, come on, man, that's just, no, no. They, they believe that and they're coming and they've been doing it forever. They're funded, they're funded, they're yeah. relentless. And, you know, they probably won't win for a while, but they might. No, and if just, they do, you, it's, you blow, the whole country blows a gas. You just have to look at that painting. I think it's a Kincaid painting that a lot of them like, where Jesus is handing the Constitution to right. uh, Thomas sure. Jefferson. I mean, right. if you could look at that and go, hmm, that's the way it probably happened. <laughs> I know it. I that know that it wasn't well. a photo? That, that, that wasn't is, a photo? No. This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. Christians not got a free shot all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish, in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It's Saturday, 2 December, the year of our Lord, 2023. Right there, we want to give you a compendium of uh, what's happening around the world. Of course, battlefields, the kinetic part of the Third World War in, um, in Gaza as uh, Sharia supremacists uh, try to drive out and kill the Israelis and drive, the, um, drive Israel into the sea. Of course, 
the uh, the stalled offensive in Ukraine, where we've pumped already 120 billion dollars uh, now, and we're gonna have Harnwell on later. Zelensky's announced he's putting all his money, all his resources, all his troops in. Wait for it, the defense of Kiev as the Russians start to advance on all fronts. You saw the southern border right there. That was cartel. Uh, that was the cartel guys bringing people through, cutting the wire. At the at the wall, cutting the wire. We had they had barbed wire up. The state of Texas put up cutting the wire uh, in the wall, and uh, and just having uh, the illegal alien invaders just come right through and laughing, waving and laughing at the border patrol, and the invasion of your country continues. And of course, James Carvel, uh, still a big uh, one of the big strategists in the Democratic Party. Well, first of all, Molly Young sitting there saying the polling doesn't ma- matter. This polling is all rigged. The, anything that shows Trump with momentum, Trump ahead, is, uh, is the American people are not doing that. That's all made up. Now the polls are all against them and getting worse. Of course, they're all saying it's fake news. But then Carvel and Bill Maher, uh, and I want you to embrace this, that Christian nationalism, that Christians, evangelical Christians and traditional Catholics, where they talked about the syllabus of errors, which really was a throwdown against modernity back in the uh, in the 19th century, a throwdown against Nietzsche and uh, what they foresaw the 20th century was going to become with Hitler and Mussolini and Mao Zedong, Stalin, all of it. But that's to be mocked and ridiculed. And even more importantly, it is uh, you're dangerous. In fact, James Carville said, you're more dangerous than Al-Qaeda. And remember, Al-Qaeda is the Twin Towers. Al-Qaeda was the Afghan war. Al-Qaeda is one of the most important parts of the Muslim Brotherhood's war against the Christian West. Uh, but you're more dangerous. Folks in the audience that have a biblical worldview, traditional Catholics that believe in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, according to the secularists that control this country, you're more dangerous than the most dangerous terrorists that have taken this country on in 50 years. Think about that. We've got a lot to get to today from the battlefields in Israel, Ukraine, the South China Sea, and particularly today on the 200th anniversary of the Monroe Doctrine, South America. Debt. You go to bed thinking about it. You wake up thinking about it. Now, here's the truth. The system traps you in debt. High interest credit cards and loans make it nearly impossible to pay off your debt. And insane inflation keeps you stuck paycheck to paycheck. Done with debt is your lifeline. Done with debt has an ingenious new strategy to help erase your debt faster and easier than you thought possible. Done with debt analyzes all the debt options you qualify for. They know how to reduce bills. They know how to cut interest rates. Their skilled staff of negotiators know how to get debt out of your life permanently without bankruptcy, and without additional loans. Done with debt are the experts in brilliant strategies for eliminating debt, but you need to hurry because some debt solutions are time-sensitive. Now, here's how easy they make it. Go to donewithdebt.com. That's donewithdebt.com. Donewithdebt.com. Go there today. Action, action, action. Stop the worrying. Take action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Um, we're going to get into some economics later in the show in capital markets. Uh, just a note, uh, the gold uh, closed last night at the highest price in its history, $2,084. Uh, $2, 
that's up from we started with birch gold three years ago was 17 is 1730 dollars i think i'll double check that over the weekend um we don't give personal financial advice here but we do lay out macro and we know a lot of hedge funds uh follow us from the days of the pandemic um so some macro advice go to birchgold.com slash bannon right now two things Mercer, I said this a while ago, and, you know, because I went to Georgetown to get a degree in national security studies, a master's, and then to, to Harvard later to get an MBA. If you watch this show consistently, get our newsletter, go get the videos, link, do the links, I'm not so sure you need to get a master's degree. I'm saying that seriously. It will cost you a couple hundred thousand dollars a day all in um, because there's a lot to learn. And we can uh, we can give you the tools. We can send you in a direction that at least on the back of the envelope, you can come to some pretty good under pretty good understanding of directionally where we're headed. And we pride ourselves on that. And that's where the everybody from the Dave Ramaswamis to the to the um, Peter Navarros, the Dave Bratz, all of it, jump in here and help us break all this down. Remember, on the 18th of December, 90 days. From the 18th, uh, excuse me, 18th of December, nine days from the 18th of September, we're going to add another one trillion dollars to the face amount of the debt. So this thing's clearly spiraling out of control. Only going to get worse. Um, but go to Birch Gold, check it out, get the end of the dollar empire, immerse yourself, particularly the third installment, the debt trap. You should understand, and also you can ask the Birch Gold team, uh, Philip Patrick and the team. Quite frankly, why are the BRICS nations? We're going to talk about the geostrategic direction of the BRICS nations, led by the Chinese Communist Party. But why are the BRICS nations buying gold at record rates? It's not buying gold. Buying gold at record rates, 22, and they're going to, 23 is going to be ahead of that. Why are they doing that? And our Federal Reserve, besides printing more fiat currency to cover up the deficits because the Chinese Communist Party and the Japanese insurance companies got all the bonds they want and ain't buying them, and you can't even sell a 30 or a 10 – you got to do these short-term notes and short-term treasury bills, which are only going to add to your agony as they refinance a third of the $34 trillion every year, right? Short-term at high rates. Not good. Terrible situation. Not being addressed. That's one of the big pressure points we're going to put on this coming week. This thing yesterday with Santos was to chop block Mike Johnson in the MAGA side. This is 100% McCarthy. 1,000% McCarthy and his guys trying to put pressure. They're never going to give it up. They want that power back. And for Kevin McCarthy, it's time for you to go back to Bakersfield, California, or at least step down from the house and go, you know, nuzzle up to your roommate Frank Luntz. Just go hang out there, put a fire on, get the Christmas tree, get some hot cocoa, maybe have matching PJs. I mean, who knows? You're a free man. Go do it. We've got uh, this is the 200th anniversary. Uh, back in the old days, they didn't used to do the State of the Union with all this fanfare, and the president goes down, and everybody's you know there's this huge thing. What's going to be in the speech? What's not going to be in the speech? It's just so amazing, and just all this you know overhype, overhype, overhype. They used to write it and send it to Congress, and I think the uh, the clerk would read it. 200 years ago today, they sent the address, the year end. Back then, it was done as a year end thing around the holiday season. And in it was a proclamation about what President James Monroe, who had been one of the not he was a fighter in the revolution. This is that second tier of the revolutionary generation of really the the, the guys that fought it that started to come to power. He was president 
a proud Virginian, and in fact buried in uh, Hollywood Cemetery in in Richmond, Virginia, my hometown. Um, uh, he gave a proclamation, a proclamation to put Europe on notice that yo, uh, Europe, you're a cockpit of just discontent uh, and hate and uh, and uh, class structure with these worthless aristocracies, and we don't want it brought over here. And we're particularly not going to have it in our backyard. So the proclamation part of the annual address is called the Monroe Doctrine. Frank Gaffney, we got a team of experts today, not simply to talk, this is not about history, this is about today. We're pretty good at giving you a, when we talk about macro, not just the macro part of uh, capital markets and economics, but geopolitically what drives things. And folks, we got a burning dumpster fire just south of us, and it ain't just the southern border. It's deeper, it's uh, geostrategic, and it's going to cause us a world of hurt. You can write that down on 2 December in the year of our Lord, 2023. Frank Gaffney, walk me through it first. Okay, the world's on fire, and I've got Gaffney, i got Colonel Mills, i got Dave Walsh, Sam Faddis, Ben Harnwell. We're bringing in all hitters today to break this down for folks so that you can have a Merry Christmas season. Um, Frank, give me the big picture here. Walk, walk, walk through. Because here's one thing I admire about Gaffney. You know, Gaffney's been on this Muslim Brotherhood and the Sharia supremacists for 30 years. And he was chased off Fox. I mean, nobody's taken as much incoming on that topic as Frank Gaffney. On that, he's a hero and he's never backed down. But Frank Gaffney has been pestering me for three years now. He's saying, hey, we need to do more coverage on the war room on South America because that's a powder keg. <laughs> and and it's, when it blows up, it's going to blow up like nobody's business. Frank Gaffney, you've been all over this for a couple of years. Walk us through. Why are you concerned? Steve, you mentioned the key word. This is our backyard. I actually think of it as our front yard. I mean, this is our immediate neighborhood, and, and nobody's done a better job than you of chronicling with help of some of our best reporters what's coming across that southern border. But what's on the other side of that border has been, as you say, um, a place in which all of today's foreign powers are enemies in many cases, but certainly foreign challengers have been operating with impunity. We've ignored it. Benign neglect is the best one can be said to have done to it, but mostly we've just ignored it. And as a result today, you have now in most countries in this hemisphere, in fact, I believe it's not an exaggeration to say from the Arctic in the north to the Antarctic in the south, every major country, uh, with the exception now, I guess, of uh, uh, Argentina, is run by more or less Marxists, if not out-and-out Marxists, certainly Marxist-aligned folks like, well, Joe Biden, for example. But the point is, whether it's but, but hold, but hold, yo, yo, you're saying, hey, hang on. You say you look at Canada. You got you got Castro's son, illegitimate bastard son there, and that that whole thing. The great Canadians, that thing's out of control, right? And they're in bed with the CCP. Mexico, you got a populist, and we love populists, but he's a left wing populist. It's in bed with the cartels. You got the illegitimate Biden regime sitting in Washington D.C. So all of a sudden, I'm not feeling so great about the northern part of it. Okay, then yeah. then I go down in Central America. It, it, get, get it gets worse as you, you get south. farther south. It doesn't get better. It doesn't That's get right. better. I don't think this is what Monroe. I don't think Monroe. But Steve, just to, just to I don't think most really. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Very moment is the Chinese communists, the Russians. Uh, 
the Iranians, Hezbollah, are now all over the hemisphere and are beavering away to establish not only a presence there. Uh, this uh, Belt and Road Initiative is very evident in Brazil and in Peru and in other parts of the hemisphere where the Chinese are building, as they are everywhere else, infrastructure that will be used ultimately count on it for power projection by them. Controlling the, the locals, yes. Exploiting them, yes. But building in place uh, dual-use ports, dual-use rail systems, dual-use airports, dual-use uh, road networks, and mines and so on that the Chinese especially and their friends will be exploiting. Which brings us to the present moment, Steve. The pattern that you touched on earlier and that we're all about, at, uh, among other places, our Committee on the Present Danger, China, and I'm so glad you've got a couple of our members coming up next, is that we're dealing with a strategic arsonist in Xi Jinping. Our great friend, Captain James Fennell, said on my show, uh, Securing America, uh, yesterday that this is a game of go, except it's no game. It's a strategic play by the Chinese Communist Party's leader to create fires all over the world, starting with Ukraine, which was preceded by Vladimir Putin meeting in Beijing with Joe Biden, uh, excuse yep. me, with, but with yep. Xi Jinping, getting the yeah. flight to go into Joe Ukraine. Biden's, Joe Biden's paymaster. Yeah, yeah Joe Biden's Policy paymaster. Met with Xi Jinping and his team in Beijing before they went into uh, Israel. Um, and similarly, I, I think this uh, tanker war that John Mills will doubtless talk about is uh, a reflection of that same uh, set of instructions being handed down. Now, get this. The uh, distinguished uh, expert that I rely on most in Latin America, Joseph Humeyer, pointed out to me the other day that uh, he's been tracking this uh, increasing mobilization of uh, Venezuelan military personnel to it seems, go into Guyana to actually invade the place. And he said, interestingly enough, it began, that mobilization began right after Nicolas Maduro, the Venezuelan dictator, came back from, wait for it, Beijing. So the question is, and we did a fascinating, I mean, just absolutely gobsmackingly powerful webinar Thursday of this week about what is almost certainly the penultimate fire that Xi Jinping will set? And there, there may be North Korea in the meantime. There may be, oh, I don't know, the Serbs going into Kosovo. There may be the Turks going into Armenia. There's a lot of other places where I think the fires are being set by Xi Jinping, the strategic arsonist. But the one that will precede, I believe, immediately the ultimate fire the one he intends to set to liberate, as he would put it, Taiwan, will be in the American homeland. And this this particular webinar, wow. Steve, which was riveting, yeah. was about bio okay. lab yeah. that hey. he had down the road from where he met with the president and those 400 yeah. traders. Okay. Hey, 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 hang on a second. We're going to take a short break. We're going to take a short break. We're going to be back with the entire team next. Okay, Environ Cleanse never does this. They just announced a massive Black Friday discount. Now, let me tell you why this is important. Environ Cleanse is predicting another triple demic this year, and the best way to fight a cold or flu is not to get it. 
That's why I got Navarre Cleanse for the war room. The new science in home air purification. The reason is that they are uh, approved by the Pentagon. They're approved by the Department of Defense for Navy combatants. When I was a young ensign and an auxiliary engineer, the uh, air purification came under my auspices, and I can tell you that this is the product that you want because it qualifies to be used on a Navy combatant. EnviroCleanse, the military-grade technology, wipes out bacteria, toxins, and mold that can make you sick. That's why the Navy chose it, to protect the air on board our Navy ships. Get EnviroCleanse for your home. It's available now for your home with that technology. And do it before a virus takes your whole family down. Right now, you can save 35% during their Black Friday sale. Plus, get fast, free shipping. Visit ekpure.com. That's EK for EnviroCleanse. ekpure.com and use promo code STEVE35 for 35% off. That's ekpure.com, code STEVE35 for the 35% discount. They've never done this before, so take advantage of it. ekpure.com. Action, action, action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. You know, uh, Saturday morning is my favorite show because we get to drill down on something. We catch up with the news. We get to drill down uh, a little quicker, a little more deeply on to big issues, and that's what we're doing here today. We're going to give you lots of news. I always start off with Warpath Coffee. Go to warpath.coffee slash warroom, the best dark roast ever made. If you're a dark roast fan, this is the best. We took a year and a half to get this perfect. I'm a dark roast fanatic. Um and it's great. If you've never tried dark roast, and I said, nah, I can't do it. It's too bitter. It's too acidic. Try this. Also, they got all the mid-roast, the mild roast, all of it. There's a complete um, selection of Tej Gill and the Navy SEALs that have started this company. It's just incredible the job they've done. Uh, Warpath.coffee slash uh, Warroom for all your discounts. Go check it out today. Frank, real quick, I want to hit. I want to make sure people don't uh, lose track of the bioweapons lab. Because today, by the way, we have on uh, Real America's Voice at 1 o'clock on the other Rumble channel, the side Rumble channel, they're going to have the Families of Fentanyl. It will play again tomorrow from 1 to 3. On Getter, we will also be putting it up. And probably tomorrow I'll be giving commentaries. We've got it up. So the Fentanyl Families in Washington, D.C. Um, is going to be the Real America's Voice team is going to be doing that. The bio, the bio lab and the, the pandemic was a bio weapon attack on the United States of America. The fentanyl is a chemical weapons attack on the United States of America by the Chinese Communist Party. The Chinese Communist Party, although they're having a financial crisis and they need a bailout from the 400 traders and from the Biden regime with your money, either your pension fund or your tax dollars, are aggressive everywhere. They're, and they're back of what's happening in Latin America. We'll show you in a minute in the Middle East, in, uh, in uh, Ukraine, obviously in the South China Sea. This is why they're, wait for it, an existential threat to the United States of America. And this is why yours truly was uh, fully sanctioned, the first civilian in history, right after Joe Biden took his hand off that big old family Bible of his as the illegitimate uh, president of the United States because he didn't win. Frank, tell me quickly, give me an update on the, and we want everybody to go to this webinar. It's totally free. We're going to push it out today. Why is a bioweapons lab in California such a big deal? run by an adversary 
Well, just on its face, it's a big deal that you have a, an enemy that actually, as you say, Steve, launched a biological warfare attack against our country. Having one situated here, who one of our guests, uh, Dr. Stephen Hatfill, pointed out, um, the value of being in close proximity to where you want to use biological weapons, of having your manufacturing facility close at hand, is uh, that the fresher the stuff is, the the more powerful it can be. Uh, Sam Faddis was also a contributor to the program. He can amplify on that point. He knows a lot about this subject. But the short form of it is this, Steve. I think each of our really distinguished experts, Sam Faddis, Dr. Stephen Hatfield, Grant Newsom and Brian Kennedy, all rock stars of this program, were gobsmacked by what we went over in that program, in part based on the research uh, that had been done in an investigation conducted by the House Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party. And, and just a couple of quick data points. There were enough pathogens inside that place, especially if they were further replicated, including a freezer that had on the outside of it Ebola as a label um, to do infinitely more harm to the American people if disseminated properly than the combined effects of COVID and fentanyl. Think about it. And here's the thing, Steve, again, wow. you've done a wonderful job of documenting, among other things, that folks coming across that southern border seem to include large numbers of Chinese Communist Party, People's Liberation Army, Special Forces units. If they were to marry up, that facility is now fortunately offline. And no thanks, by the way, to the FBI and the CDC. This was another of the absolutely stunning findings of the committee, these guys couldn't be troubled to get out there and figure out what the hell was going on, let alone, you know, assess and remove. And yeah. they, they, if you can believe this, they opened up the freezer saying Ebola on the outside, and it's stuffed with these silver foil packed things, none of which said Ebola. And the CDC apparently said, well, we don't need to examine that. It's not labeled Ebola. Anyway, the point is, Steve, that if those special forces guys happen to have some of these other labs around the country that they yep. can get access to that we haven't found yet, but may well exist, then we are in a mode where you have the ability not just for sabotage against critical infrastructure or assassinations and the like by those special forces, you have mass destruction of America. Yep. And if that happens, you know, when they light the final fuse to take Taiwan, they may be able to do what their famous uh, strategist Sun Tzu always recommended, win without fighting, because we will be out of yep. the game. Okay, hang on for one second. We're going to tie that. We're going to go to South America right now. I want to bring in Walsh, our energy expert. Dave is going to stay with us. We're going to talk about a reparations fund of your tax money of this COP28, the big climate change uh, situation. We're getting to all that that's happening. Wait for it. UAE, our our, our great ally, uh, United Arab Emirates. Oh, yeah, the same guys are trying to get off the petrodollar. Those guys, those allies, quote, unquote. Um, Walsh, help me out here on um, uh, Guyana or Guyana. I, I pronounce it Guyana. The, the, this country that I think the last time it came into the American media was about Jonestown 
uh, and and Jones went there for a reason. It was off the beaten path, but it kind of came to the forefront of a lot of folks on Wall Street when I think Exxon bought Hess. I, I forget what it was, five or six billion dollars, and um, and it was because they controlled the oil fields in Guyana. What is how big is this? Is this oil a big deal, or is it just some sort of myth? It's a very big deal. The total find appears to be about 11 billion barrels. ExxonMobil began exploring there five or six years ago. They've got 30 successful wells already in their exploration, producing now 400,000 barrels per day. By 2027, production there ought to be a million barrels per day. It's huge. It's exactly why Chevron bought Hess. Hess has had a 30% interest in it. Now that's Chevron. Exxon a 45% interest in it, but guess who's got 25% of it? CNOCC, the Chinese National Oil Corporation, owns 25% of the Guyana Fields, million barrels per day. Uh, and meanwhile, they're over instigating the COP28 meetings, but at the same time, a heavy investor in the Guyana Fields themselves. So, no, this is critically is this oil, important. Is this oil easy to extract? Is it was like Saudi Arabia or is it some more, more of the like North Sea, where it's quite expensive? Is the cost but, to get this out make it attractive? It is offshore, but it's not it's not necessarily deep well offshore, and it's cleaner than the uh, the Venezuelan oil that we're going to talk about is much dirtier. Uh, this is cleaner oil, much more uh, much more readily usable, less refining activity necessary. So it's got uh, some great properties, uh, and, it, and it's in the West. This is why uh, Exxon Mobil, Chevron covet the position of uh, Western uh, you know oil oil resources they're developing, which is a great thing for the nation here. Okay, hang hang on one second. I want to bring in Fattis. Fattis, you wrote an amazing Substack piece, right? The, the Tice sheet and all this together. Uh, it sounds like we could we've got Ukraine that's now a stalemate and a fiat. Well, it's a stalemate until the Russians start rolling in Kiev, and trust me, they're going to be rolling. That's the next thing you're going to hear right around Christmas. Um, this disaster and fiasco in uh, in Gaza in the entire Middle East with the Persians and the Muslim Brotherhood, South China Sea. We're not spending enough time and enough energy and, and resources focused on that. Now we got something here in South America. How, how big a deal is this? A tinderbox? Yeah. Look, Steve, it, it's a huge deal, and I think it's it's somehow poetic in a sick way, right? That today is the 200th anniversary of the Monroe Doctrine when we announced as a country that really didn't even have an army yet that foreign powers needed to stay out of the Western Hemisphere. So, so much for that. You need to put lighter fluid on that and set that on fire. I mean, look, we have a, Venezuela is a hostile communist state in bed with the Iranians, in bed with the communist Chinese, getting ready to stage a pretext referendum, and they're going to apparently tear off two-thirds of a neighboring country and seize its natural resources. Obviously, Xi gave the go-ahead for this because Maduro was just in China, what, less than two months ago. Got the nod for that. Interesting that in between, by the way, we brought Xi here, feted him, treated him like an emperor. And that, uh, wow, I mean, the Biden administration just lifted sanctions on Venezuela, oil sanctions, to make sure, I guess, that they had enough money to fuel this invasion. So... You know, there's another piece of how we're watching our entire national security policy go up in flames all around the world. Walk, walk me through this referendum, and I think it's Suriname. T- talk me, talk to me about 
Venezuela, Guyana, Suriname, what's this referendum I think they're having on Sunday? How does this all tie together as a pretext for maybe a a kinetic uh, conflict? So what we're talking about when we're talking about seizing the land from Guyana is we're talking about what they call the Essequibo uh, portion of Guyana, which amounts to two-thirds of the country. And as is the case all over the world with any countries that share a border, depending on what point you go back to in history, you're going to find all sorts of variations in the border, not to mention that what are we talking about now? We're talking about boundaries that were inherited from European powers, right? Originally Venezuela, Spanish colony, and I think it was actually the Dutch that were occupying Guyana, and there's disputes over where the border should be. So it's been at least 100 years since an international tribunal came in and effect, and completely settled this alleged dispute between Venezuela and Guyana and laid down the border where it is now. So Maduro is going back to dredging up ancient boundaries from literally when the conquistadors were in South America as a pretext. And he's now submitting this question of whether the Essequibo region belongs to Venezuela to the Venezuelan people for a popular referendum. Okay, this is Venezuela. Elections are even more of a sham there than they are here now. Maduro doesn't lose elections. There's no question what the result of that referendum is going to be. It's all garbage, right? It is a PR stunt. It's a pretext so that when he goes ahead and does what he fully intends to do, obviously, he will then claim that the Venezuelan people told him to do it and stand behind him. It's all that's going on. You know, Venezuela is one of the biggest, you know, folks coming through here through the southern border and uh, through the Darien Gap. Uh, do you believe that this is going to lead to military action? I mean, who's there to even defend Guyana? I don't see their military listed in the top 10 in the world. So how does this play out? We've got about a minute more. Hold all you guys. But how do you think it plays out? I think it's very, very likely the Venezuelans are militarily going in. The Guyanese effectively have no military that will stand against them. So unless the United States of America intervenes and actually enforces the Monroe, Monroe Doctrine, Maduro will do whatever the heck he wants. The Brazilians have mobilized. Unclear what that means. I suspect it means they're just trying to keep it from spilling over onto their soil. But we'll see. Okay, hang on for a second. Uh, Frank, Sam uh, are going to stick with me. Dave Walsh, we're going to get John Mills in here because we got uh, not just issues in South America – obviously in the Darien Gap coming through, but particularly the Panama Canal. Yeah, baby, when we let that go, uh, remember the great idea, Jimmy Carter and these guys, let the businesses take over. Bill Buckley, too, pushed it hard. A lot of folks uh, were not that excited about it. Short commercial break. We're going to be back here on the 200th, commemorating the 200th anniversary of the Monroe Doctrine. I think James Monroe would probably spit on the floor if he came back next in the war room. For war room... Veterans, you know, we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in extreme short supply across the United States. But you know that. 
because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical. That's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. On the 200th anniversary of the Monroe Doctrine, of course, Madeira wouldn't try to heckle us by having this referendum that's uh, showing him. Remember, his partners, he's got the, uh, he's got the KGB all over there. He's got the CCP as a partner. Uh, the Persians with their paramilitary group, uh, Hezbollah, is all throughout Latin America. This is a, a, the Monroe Doctrine is a joke because we've allowed it. Uh, various things coming up today. Uh, we've got the fentanyl town hall. We're going to get that up. We'll be on getter on that. The president speaks twice today. The second one, I think, is going to be the important one. Ape Hammer, he's going to go after this whole thing of Biden and democracy and Biden. That was the defender of democracy and, and President Trump's a fascist. He's going to take that head on and I think... Uh, send some incoming to Joe Biden. So don't watch that. A lot of that thing's going to tie to the executive order that we've been talking about all week that they signed about artificial intelligence and other aspects of why uh, they're anti-democratic in reality, uh, particularly when Sam Fattis says that our elections here are only slightly uh, less comical than the ones in, quote-unquote, selections in Venezuela. Then Joe Allen tonight, uh, Grace will be there live. We're going to figure it out. So just check in all day long. On our Getter account in Rumble, we're going to be up, and then uh, we're going to replay it tomorrow, the town hall on fentanyl, the the tragic victims of fentanyl. Um, Colonel Mills. Okay, we got we got the, 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 the disastrous, we're going to go to Crimea and take Crimea that we put all the money back of, and all the Ukrainians died uh, on the fantasy of taking over eastern Russian-speaking Ukraine and Crimea. Not going to happen. Now they're scrambling to go on defense. Russians are gearing up. Uh, Harnell will be on here. They're, they're actually putting more defense around Kiev. You've got uh, this thing on fire in Gaza. They just started shelling each other again. Intense combat right now. South China Sea, uh, we're just doing a pathetic job of, of messaging to the Chinese that we're serious about this. <clears throat> now you've got Latin America. But it's all over. It's Central America. It's the Panama Canal. It's the whole thing. Put us, give us your perspective. Yeah, thank you, Steve. Uh, yeah, just the, all my personal observations and opinions here. So Venezuela, this is Guiana, formerly British. This was Suriname was Dutch. Over here off the map is uh, French Guiana, uh, Trinidad and Tobago related to the UK. So now this referendum and we're looking at possible invasion. Now, as already previously stated, uh, Venezuela, light constabulary forces, not a lot of well-trained heavy infantry, uh, but Lula's mobilizing. This is all Brazilian territory. Lula's concerned. Uh, I think most of the action, and this is where a lot, as Dave was 
talking about, a lot of the oil is actually offshore. So I would say see a lot of kind of a hodgepodge of uh, commercial vessels, light patrol vessels skirmishing up here. And Ali, the president of, of Guyana, I mean, he's flown into this terri- territory, gotten a great video of him on the uh, on a mountaintop declaring this is Guyana territory. But this is a brush fire in our front yard about to go go off here. So very, very concerning. So I'd say a lot of it's going to be offshore. And it's going to be ugly. You're going to have uh, there are uh, British uh, defense connections. They have a very light footprint here in Guyana, a very light footprint in uh, Trinidad and Tobago. So do the Dutch over here. So that kind of draws them in. Uh, But Venezuela, you got a heavy uh, Chinese footprint. You got a heavy Iranian and Hezbollah footprint, a heavy Russian footprint. This is all about the next arson fire set by uh, Xi. And so for broader context here, we got to look down here is where Venezuela is and Guyana is just right off the map o- over here. Uh, but look at what's going on. You know, the strategic areas here, we got a Chinese footprint in the Bahamas. You got a Chinese footprint at the uh, Lourdes spy base. You got Chinese Gulf oil plant. Uh, this is international territory right here. That This oval is the rough international territory. You got chi- Chinese Gulf oil platforms out here. What's going on with those? Who knows? Now, Panama. Panama. And I was just down there with Mike Leon and Vandersteel. We, we rented an airplane. It looks like the Normandy invasion off of each entrance. And the, and the Panama Canal actually runs north-south. But on the north end, the south end, a huge backlog of ships. Why? Because you have a dangerously low water level and it's falling in, in the new year. They're looking at 18 ships per year. And I've talked to Dave Walsh about this. It's now getting to the price point where LNG shippers are looking you, at going. You, ho, 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 you mean, ho, 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 ho. You mean, you mean, you mean 18 ships per day? Uh, yeah, excuse me, excuse me. Yeah, Not per 18 year, 18 ships, ships per day. day. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. And it's getting to the price point. LNG is look at going to the south and going to the north. I mean, that's south, uh, the, the tip of South America, where the Chinese have a mysterious uh, Antarctic research station down there, supposedly, or through the through the Arctic waters. But it's getting to that price point, And it's, it's just really out of uh, you know, brush fire after brush fire. We got huge fentanyl problem in Puerto Rico. Uh, the Puerto Rican population is vanishing as they le- flee the island. You never want a vacuum like that. That's only opportunity for China. Uh, the Chinese footprint right where we have a, 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 a naval facility in the Bahamas and the Chinese run all of the IT. Huawei runs all the IT. Probably. And of course, and of course, and of course, and of course, Cuba and of course, Cuba. Uh, John, where do they go quickly? Can the CCP shut down the Panama Canal? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's in progress. It's a slow motion shutdown. I'm looking at all the factors I'm uh, I'm it's quite within the world of the possible that a Chinese IT is noodling with the infrastructure of the Panama Canal Authority, the ACP. Uh, uh, Interestingly enough, DJI drones has some kind of IT information technology relationship with the ACP. It's a possible entry point for tomfoolery. So I would now they have large new locks. A much deeper draft was supposed to be allowed. Now, every time they run those locks, yep. that's that's totally gravity feeding those, and it's a huge amount of water pushed yep. out. Civil engineering miscalculation, probably yep. Chinese aiding abetting that greater Cur- flow of yep. water. Cur- yeah, Cur- Colonel Mills, what's your what's your? How do people get to your? What's your social media? Where do they go to your site to get all this? You get the maps, you got everything. Where do they go? Yeah, Colonel. Cur- 
Colonel Rhett Johns, Substack, Getter, and Truth. Colonel Rhett Johns, Substack, Getter, and Truth. And then the new book, WarAgainstTheDeepState.com, Foundation of Mass Surveillance yeah. and the Fourth, Fifth, and Sixth Branches of Government. Okay. You, if you, and Ed, Ed, Ed Mark did the if you Ed haven't Mark did the forward. If you, if you haven't, um, um, if you don't see this, if you're hearing it on the podcast or on radio, go to worm.org. Make sure you get on the email list. It gets all the video, all the clips, all the authors, all the links. Colonel Mills, thank you very much for doing this for us this morning in the war room. We'll take a short break. we got Walsh, Fattis, Gaffney. We're going to be joined by Ben Harnwell. Uh, we're going to talk about COP28. If you, have, if you don't know what COP28 is, we're going to tell you how it's going to directly affect your personal life. All next on a Saturday in the war room. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out. 